0: Okay, so here's what we are going to do today. We're going to recap a little bit from next week because I really want to continue with the theme that we started last week, and that is the relationship between Yosef HaTzadik and Hanukkah. The Shalom Kodesh writes that the fact that we read these parshias now are uh, orchestrated from above because they're intrinsically related, the time of the year, and the uh, parshas that we read are related to one another, and its relationship to the Shema. So, last week, um, I shared with you several different uh, remuzim. But before we go to just recap those, I wanted to share with you the words of the Gemara. The Gemara in Shabbos and Daf Chof Aleph, Pumbedeyes, asks a, a rather strange question. The asks, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? Now, there's talk about the, the candles of Hanukkah, the wicks that are allowed to be used on Hanukkah, the oils that are allowed to be used. Clearly, Hanukkah was not a surprise to anyone in uh, the community of the Amir that they're coming here to ask, my Hanukkah, meaning what is, um, you know, what's the what's unique here about Hanukkah or what is the essence of Chanukah, which seems to be the question that the, that the Gemara is asking. So we need to understand what is it that Chazal are, are trying to draw our attention to in asking the question by Hanukkah. And then we also have to understand the answer. So listen to the answer. Let's run through this for a moment. The Gemara says, our sage is taught that on the 25th day of Kislev, the... Uh, these are the days of Hanukkah. They're eight days. We're not allowed to um, eulogize. We're not allowed to fast. And then the Gemara says as follows: When the Greeks came into the Besam Migdosh, they contaminated all the oils in the Heichel. And when the Hashminoim came and beat them back, right? They had, they had victory over the um, Yavanim, over the Greeks. They searched and they only found one jug, of oil that was uh, there with the seal of the kai gadol, and it only had enough oil to burn for one day, and a miracle occurred, and it burned for eight days. The next year, these are important words for our conversation here, the next year, <laughs> the next year, Kavum the next year, they established them as the next year, the Yontif was created with um, Halal and Haydos. So obviously the question here is, or the question many of the commentaries ask is why did it take them till the next year to make it into Yontif? The miracle happened right away. They, they saw that the oil burned for eight days. So why, why did they have to wait a year to establish it as a Yontif? They could have established the Yontif immediately. Um, I spoke here yesterday in the shul in, in Flatbush, and one of the things that occurred to me was that there are many, um, many miracles happened in the um, in, in existence of Klausul, right? That we're not, we're not, and the miracles are not new to us. If we were to proclaim a yantif every time a supernatural, Event occurred to Claudius, so we would have we'd we'd be uh, eating latkes and all kinds of other good foods all year long, right? I'm waiting for the yontif where it's there's an obligation to eat kribiness. So Chazal um, didn't establish a holiday, a yontif, for every miracle that occurred. The only way for Chazal to know. For our sages to know which things are deserving of creating and marking the calendar with a holiday are the things that have endurance, the kind of things that will impact Klaal Yisrael for generations to come. When Chazal wanted to measure how we know whether or not this is worthy of a miracle, they wanted to see what's the impact, what's the long-term impact. So they waited a year, after a year, they saw that Chal Yisrael's davening was changed, that Chal Sol's singing was changed. It was a, an entirely different praise of HaKadosh Baruch It was a different singing. It was a different, uh, the davening was different. The learning was different. Everything had, uh, it was a there was a There was a completely different um, appreciation for the service of HaKadosh Baruch then Chazal said that this is this is a nace that was destined to be marked by a yontif. So I want to offer a little bit of a different twist on that same idea. So last week we discussed um, the fact that Chazal tells us that the halacha is Uh, There's a machlekis in the Gemara. Do you put the menorah on the left side? Do you put the the menorah on the right side? And the Gemara concludes, the right side of the door, that is. The Gemara concludes as follows. Um, The law is, you place the menorah on the left side of the door. Why? So that the menorah will be on the left side and the mezuzah will be on the right. And all the commentaries say, well, whether you put the menorah on the right side or on the left side, the mezuzah is going to be on the right side. Place the menorah on the left side so that the mezuzah will be on the right and the menorah on the left. The mezuzah is going to be on the right, whatever the case is. What what the the, the, Rechaim and others derive from here is that something happens to the mezuzah. As the result of putting the menorah on the left, there's something that happens with the mezuzah. The mezuzah is different. So let's discuss what that is. So in the mezuzah, we all know that the, we have the parashius, the, the two parashius of Krishna, those two chapters of Krishna, and the statement of faith that Kalah has declared throughout the ages of Shema Yisrael, Hashem, 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 and that this statement of faith has carried Claudius throughout the ages through the most difficult periods in our history. Now, um, just to recap a few details from last week. It says by, um, by Golis, when Golis was fighting with Kalal the giant Golis, and was fighting with Dovodah So it says there that he would come at them at night and in the morning. And the commentary is right there that the reason he did that was to disrupt their recitation of the Shema. That he knew that as long as klaus was saying the Shema in the morning and at night, that he had no chance to have access to them. The only way that he would be able to have any kind of victory over the Jews would be by preventing them from saying the Kriya Shema. There's a Marsho in... Um, marsho is in the Gemara in Soites, daf membeis. Okay. Now, we also discussed that there are these interesting, the, the Zoyar Kodesh tells us, Kabbalistically speaking, that there's incredible meaning, incredible depth to the fact that Krishna has 25 letters. There's 25 oisiyos in the statement of Shema Yisrael HaShem And that that was, the Zoyar says that that's the secret where Meshav Rabbeinu, killed the Egyptian, it says he looked and that this refers to the two Krishmas, the Krishma of night and the Krishma of morning and that power that he used to wipe out the Egyptian. The Megala Mukais, as we spoke about last week, continues in that theme to say that that's what Yaakov yeah, Avinu, the message that he sent to Esav HaRosha when he said, Again, twice using the word Koy, so, so said Yaakov yeah, Avinu, so shall you say to Esav that this refers to the fact that he, the way he survived in Lovin's home, despite all the immorality and all the, the hatred and everything that Lovin tried to do to him was the power of koi, of these 25 letters of and he's telling Esav, therefore, give it up, brother. You're not going to get, you're not going to win. You're not going to get access. You're not going to accomplish anything by trying to harm me because I am I still have those 25 letters. And in fact, he says that when Esav was coming to beat Yankemi he came with 400 men. 400, he says, are Kriya Shema is the way Chazal referred to as Kriya Shema is Kuf Shin, which equals 400. And Ya'a tells him that, as the postage says, the, the man struggled with him. This refers to Asaph's emissary, the Sitra Achra, the Eitzahara, whatever you want to call him. Ish, The man struggled is also the final letters of those two words are Kuf Shin, which equals 400. That's Kriya Shema. And the way Yaakov Avinu won was it happened at the moment of Alois HaShach they struggled until morning, at which moment Yaakov Avinu said, Kriyashma and Esau's man was out. He was finished. The Meghala concludes by saying that's what Bullock was trying to accomplish with uh, Bilam and Bullock. And he saw that there was no way to gain access to Kalal so to be able to curse Kalal so. And uh, Bilam says to Balak, al He says, You stand so on your oil, and I will try creating so, meaning this letter of Chaf hey was the way that Bilam and Bilak and uh, Ballock all tried to have access to or to, to wipe them, you know, to wipe them out, was by somehow. Um, overcoming the power of the Shema. And then ultimately, Klal Yisrael's statement of faith, the Krishna of Klal Yisrael, um, has the power over the nation, over their enemies, and the Chof Hey, those 25 letters, empower Klal Yisrael to be Yisrael to be able to overcome every difficult situation. Now, Put that in the so last week, what we what we read into that was the relationship between Teva, between Elekenu, which is the natural world, and Havaya, which is the Shema Shem Hashem that operates the supernatural world. And that for Klaus, all the two are the same. We quoted the Ramban, who says that the goal of all miracles is to take it back home, to be able to. Um, bring the supernatural into the natural world. But I want to today discuss another aspect. It's a concept that we've talked about in the past, based on an Alshech HaKodesh. shakh says, and it's echoed in the Maranaim, and I'll share with you in a moment, the, the Kolarya says that the statement of faith that Kolariah makes is that whether Hashem appears to us in the Midas Haddin, through his attribute of what appears to us as being harsh, as being severe, discipline, and his conduct with us, which is merciful, which is kindness, represented by the shame of Yud, and then He, and Vav and He, that's the merciful name, and the name of Elohim is the name of judgment, of, of harshness, Whichever, whichever one of those we are experiencing at any given time, the statement of faith that Kalei Yisrael makes is Hashem Echod, it is all kindness. True, we're not experiencing at this moment a, uh, a feeling or an affect of kindness, but ultimately that's the statement of faith that a Jew makes, which is that, it, uh, uh, that we believe and we trust that everything Yad Baruch Hu does is good, the the um, Kyle Arya was a disciple of, of some sofer in his introduction to his response to the Shalos of Truth, Koyal Ya'akov has a section called Pesach Toiv, and he writes as follows that in next week's parasha um, Yosef's brothers return to Ya'akov Avinu and he invites Yosef invites Ya'akov to come down to Mitzvah I mean Ya'akov is afraid to Come down to Mitzraim. And Hashem says to Yaek fear not to go down to Egypt. The Yosef Yoshis Yodi Al-Enacha. Yosef will place his hand upon your eyes, which is a very strange statement. What does that mean? Yosef's gonna place his hand for which reason Yaikibabinu shouldn't be afraid to go down to Mitzraim. What does one have to do with the other? And the Zohar writes on that. On these words, that Yosef will place his hand over your eyes, this is the secret of the Shema. So there's a relationship between the hand of Yosef and the mitzvah of Shema. And for that, the, the Kalaria launches into a, a uh, concept that the Zerah Kodesh, the Rav Shetziru writes about, which is that this world, the Gemarion Psachim says on, on Daf Nun, this world is different than the world to come. In this world, for good news, we say, Baruch Blessed is he who is good and does good. For bad news, a person says, Baruch blessed is the true judge. Right? The two different brachas. For the bad, there's a bracha, and for the good, there's a bracha. But in the world to come, it's all good, and therefore, the only bracha that will be said in the world to come is, Hatoi is only the good. So the Rav Hashem asks, of course, there's only going to be one bracha in the world to come. Only good things are going to happen. It's not like now there's two brachas because there's two different things going on. But in the world to come, there's going to be one bracha, even for the bad things. There aren't going to be any bad things. So the Rav have said that the difference is as follows. In this world, we experience everything as being two different forms of conduct. There's the good and the bad. In the world to come, the vision will be so clear that even the kinds of things that we experience today as being harsh, as being bad, we're going to say, because we're going to have the insight, we're going to have the vision to see that even those things that we experienced as being bad, we're going to say, we're going to say that because it it becomes crystal clear that all along, everything that Baruch Hu did was only for the good. And that's the concept, the hero of that idea, is um, Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik, no matter what was going on in the worst of times, as he suffered the greatest humiliations and, and, and the, the, the most difficult thing, being abandoned by his family and sold into slavery, and then being accused by his, the, the wife of his master and put her into prison, and just one thing after the next, no matter what happened, it always, um, it always turned on him, Yosef HaTzadik never lost sight of the fact that it was all, all along. He had the Amunah, that it was good, that it was Atayv The Kol Arya says that he quotes his, uh, excuse me, he quotes his master, the some cipher who said, Isa Hashem says to you'll see my back my face you can't see He says that when we look back we have the ability to see that it was all for the good but during the situation itself it's very hard to see upon you can't see the kindness very often while it's going on it's very hard to see what the, uh, what the kindness is he interprets this into the, uh, the concept of uh, tefillin, and then he, uh, the Kol Arya says that when Yisrael comes uh, to meet Moshe Rabbeinu says, At yodati that he said, Makiroi ho'yisi our Yisrael says, I recognized him in the past. Va'achshav now even more so, says the Kol Arya that this is what Yisrael was saying in the past i was only able to see hashem's kindness in retrospect but va'achshav but now that i see what what's going on in the achshav i'm able to see even the kindness in the now i don't have to only see it in retrospect so that's that's how the kol aria interprets the yad of yosef the single hand of yosef is the ability to see the kindness at all times. You guys have never lost perspective, even during the most tragic of episodes. The Shemin Reich, which I quoted last week. Let me grab it over here. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. No, I'd forgotten something. It's the Shem Reich from the Venerov writes that about, he, he's writing this on Shabbos Hanukkah so that he, he says same concept he says he adds that the concept of Krishna is that we need to let read the Shema during the daytime when the sun shines bright that's a when the sun is shining but we also have to read the Shema at times when it's dark, where we can't see, we can't see the light. And he says that that's what the Melech writes on the Pasuk of um, that we tell Hashem's chesed in the morning. And at night we sing because we have faith. But the fact that we know with absolute certainty that everything Hashem does is for the good. And quotes a Gemara in Brochus. The Gemara is commenting on a postic in Tehillim, capital Kuf Aleph, chesed u mishpat I sing to Hashem in times of kindness and in times of justice. Says the Gemara, im chesed Ashira. If Hashem is conducting himself with chesed, I sing. And I sing to Hashem in times of mishpat as well. And this is what we say in Halal: says the Vener of Mimizrach Shemesh Ad From the shining of the sun until it sets. In both times, whether the sun is shining or not, we understand that we have to praise HaKadosh Baruch because everything Hashem does for us is for the good. And he says that, and again, he quotes this from, from svara, that when a person integrates this idea, then he's able to transform the darkness into light, meaning that the person, when they really live this idea, they don't experience the harshness because they know, albeit they can't understand, they, they nonetheless, they, under, they, they, they have the trust to understand that it has to be kindness. I remember some years ago, Dr. Jerry Loeb came to Milwaukee. was discussing his parents are survivors. And he said that he was asked how he processes or how his parents process the Holocaust. And one of the things he said was very powerful. He said that have the image of a child who needs to go, a a small toddler, who needs to go to a, a pediatrician to receive his, I don't know if you'd a lot to talk about this anymore, but there, there was there used to be a thing called vaccinations that the parents used to give their children. And um, you'd go to the doctor, and especially when I was a kid, they didn't have them all neatly packed and packed in these little things. They had a little bottle, and the the pediatrician would take a syringe, and would pull some of this stuff into his syringe, and then he'd come over and and plunge the thing into some body part that we're not going to discuss. So. He says, imagine what's going through the mind of the child, right? The child's looking at this syringe and he's in his mother's arms. And the child says, you know, you stupid doctor, there's no way my mother is ever going to let you get near me with that thing. You know that my mother's going to protect me from that horrible needle. Well, not only does the mother not protect the child, the mother holds the kid down so that the doctor can put that thing into the child's arm. And very often he said, you'll see the child will lash out at the mother afterwards because the kid feels so betrayed. So Jerry asked like, why, don't, why doesn't the mother explain to the kid that there's diseases in Africa and in who knows where that could do great damage to the child and therefore I need to protect you by giving you this immunization. And the obvious answer is because the child at age two is not really capable of understanding the dangers of diseases in some uh, faraway country or in the next block. And therefore, there really is no purpose in the parent trying to explain it to the child. Yet, when it comes to things (laughs) as large as the Holocaust, he says that we have the arrogance to imagine that somehow we're gonna be able to wrap our heads around a concept like that, it's ridiculous. If a limited human being cannot explain their thinking to another limited human being, how much more so can the infinite creator, who has infinite wisdom, not express, not, not uh, explain themselves to, a ch- to, uh, to us and have us understand what he's doing? But the bottom line is, is that where there's trust, where there's a Muna then we understand that HaKadosh Baruch whatever he does is for our benefit. It has to be for our good. Then a person is able to sing in, under all conditions. And he, he touches with this a magnificent touch that when Yosef HaTzadik brings the, the brothers and is trying to relate to them this idea, um, when, when kind of the tables turned on them and they found themselves in Yosef's situation, right now they're riding high, right? They, they're sitting in Yaakov lap and uh, Yaakov Avinu, they have to go down to Mitzrayim, and in Mitzrayim they experience this. They're, they're being accused of being spies, and and they're thrown, One of their shim is thrown into prison, and and Yosef is missing, and now they, they have to bring Yehuda down there, uh, Binyamin down there, in the terrible place. And Yosef wants to help them understand his hashkafa, his his mindset of what it means to be a believer in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So he says that. Um, when a person practices this, that no matter what time of the day it is, everything becomes a, it becomes tsarayim, the sun is is burning bright. So Yosef says, bring these people into my home. And let them eat with me. Because I want them to eat b'tsarayim, meaning not only will their nights become mornings, but if they Eat from my food, and they ingest my perspective. Then the sun will will burn bright, and they'll be able to receive whatever R' Akudesh Brochu does in um, with, with Simcha. So the Vinerov points out that the lesson from Yosef is when looking back at the entire story, when looking back at everything he experienced, one can see Hashem's hand orchestrating everything that was going on so that Klaal would be able to survive the famine and thrive in Mitzrayim during all those times. So the, the, first of all, start, go back all the way to the beginning. The jealousy of the brothers and their hatred was orchestrated from above. And the fact that they took him and they sold him as a... As, a uh, slave down to Egypt had to happen. He says, basically, it alters out there were no spies. They, right? they, they, they were so overwrought with worry and again and, 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 and terror. They see now that the spy accusation was no accusation at all. They saw that that uh, everything they thought about Yosef and their worry about what was going to happen to Yair, I mean, was not was not a worry. Everything that they were worried about they saw was an illusion. He says, so too is it for every person. HaKadosh Baruch Hu orchestrates everything. We don't understand what's going on. But just as with Yosef, 22 years later, it, re- it was revealed, everything that took place was done and orchestrated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu so that it would be for their good. So too is it for every single person that we need to recognize Hashem is running the show. And he's the one who's orchestrating every detail. Oh, listen to this. He brings a Kedusha the Kedushas Levi. The B'radit says, in Kedushas Levi like this, that Chazal tell us that the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is from when the sun sets, Mishatishka Chama, Ad Regal Minashuk. The simple meaning is that you have to be able to light Hanukkah candles until people are no longer walking in the shuk, in the marketplace, I mean, Mr. people will see the Hanukkah candles burning, right? It says like this, that the natural, the hergel, when a person looks at the world and they see all, all kinds of what appears to be just cruel coincidences, that we're all victims of happenstance, we're victims of of things that are just going on around us without being orchestration, that's that's Hergel. We look at a world out there as being out of control, that it's not being orchestrated by anyone. The message of Hanukkah is, I mean, he brings even, even more. So he says, um, what's, what is the hergal That on the day, during the daytime, the sun shines and at night the moon shines and people go to sleep at night and during the day we're awake. And somebody who spends a lot of time at the office is going to become wealthy. And people who travel great distances to the far east—they're going to be—they're going to make a lot of money. And when a person is sick, they take a cure and it makes them better. And the, the, we begin to believe that that's kind of the natural order of things. That all these things fall into place, and that's what—that's—that's that's how the world operates, right? Along comes uh, the miracles that we experience throughout the year, and we see that the wicked fall in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and, and, and all the, the clearly, the, the supernatural miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and so on, the message is for us to see that nothing operates as Hergal. There's nothing that is just um, coincidental. Everything is being orchestrated by HaKadosh Baruch. He's the one who removes the, the prisoners from their cells, and he's the one who is able to cure the sick, and he's the one who brings day and brings night, and when he doesn't want to, he can change Day and tonight. I just saw, uh, said such a magnificent thought. He repeated this from somebody. That it says that Hashem brought out the sun to heal Yaakov Hashemesh, That the sun shone for, for Yaakov. So he says, what does it mean the, shone, the sun shone? yakov needed to be healed. So the sun shined longer for Yaakov Avino. Says the... Um, so he said that when uh, when he came to Haram Maria the first time as he was wandering, there it says that the sun set early. And Yacovina was terrified about the fact that the sun set early. It says her, Malach that the time that was taken off when the sun set early came back to cure him later on when the sun rose and stayed and, and, and shined bright. Meaning there's no... There are no errors. It's not like that was an oops moment. The sun that the same time that was missing from the day that the sun set early. That was the sun that rose to protect him later on. So he says that's the bracha. Shalsanisim laveisenu by Yomim mohem, That for us to learn that just like in those days. It was all done for our good. We have to drive that home. Bismana Zed, the goal is for us to see that in the present. Okay, now. Who said that? Okay. Okay. Last week, we quoted this post-book that of um, Avinu, when he sends the gift to Esau, it says that of Avinu took that which came in his hand as a mincha. So let's try relating that and this idea, to the yad, to the hand, Yosef was able to process the fact that everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is for his benefit. And that became the, the, the focal point of Yosef's existence. That was Yosef's victory cry, the, the fact, that that held him together during the most incredibly difficult times, was that Yosef had no suffering. You know, we had this, when my mother-in-law came to, um, came to Milwaukee, so Rabbi Meister brought over a group of students. And there was a, um, in the group, there was a psychiatrist. And he said, to, he said to my mother-in-law, well, how did you deal with the doubt that you had after, after the Holocaust? and my mother-in-law looked at him in like almost disbelief and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I never had any. And to her, it wasn't a question of um, the disappointments of being abandoned. That, just, that never, she was raised with a perspective of, of this Yad Hashem that didn't allow for that, that kind of suffolk to enter into her, enter her being. And that was the fact that Chazal tell us, Eilat told this Yankev Yosef that everything that happened to Yaakov Avinu happened to Yosef. I mean, Yaakov himself went through tremendously difficult periods of time in his life, right? Yaakov Avinu also had, he went through the, uh, the disappointment of his father's love for Yosef. He went through the difficulty of his own uh, battles with Esau. He went through the difficulties in Lavan, and then he finally went through this the, the incredibly miserable period where Yosef was taken from him. But Yaakov didn't lose. He didn't lose his perspective. And Yosef Avinu became the one who carried Yaakov torch down to Mitzrayim to teach Kalal Yisrael for all ages that this is the essence of what a Jew is supposed to believe was a Talmud of the Maggid, quotes the most incredible marshal from um, the Baal Shem He said that there's a father who wants to kind of test the maturity of his child. He wants to really get engaged where his kid is at. So the father dresses up in a very frightening costume, a bear. And he makes very scary noises. And the child goes running in fright. That's a child who doesn't yet process the fact that behind the costume is his father and the father's trying to gauge something, whatever it might be that he's trying to gauge. The moment the child realizes that behind the mask is his father, the child begins to cry out, Tata, Tata, like Tata, reveal yourself. Don't don't conceal yourself in that frightening costume. I know it's you. So please reveal yourself to me so that I know I could see openly that it's a, a loving father. The Yitzhara, the Yitzhara's most powerful tool is for us to believe that Hashem is not behind the mask. That whatever difficulties we're going through, we are somehow the victims of abandonment, that HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Hashem has turned his back on us, that he's not paying attention to us. Um, I think the Baal HaKadosh was the one who said, hastir hastir ponai, that the, the worst curse of all the curses is that we're going to fail to realize that what we're experiencing is a Hastora. I'm going to be Hastir astir. I'm going to conceal the fact that I'm concealed. As long as we know that behind the mask, is HaKadosh Baruch in his abundant mercy and his great kindness, then we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing it for our good. But what the Yetzirah attempts to do to us is to convince us that we've been abandoned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, we have a right to do anything in response to that abandonment. So he has every interest to attempt to drive home his agenda which is an agenda of despair and abandonment. The message of Hanukkah is dafka to light the menorah at night, in times when Hashem's face is concealed. Not only that, but we light on the left side, on that, that side which is um, associated with the sitra achra, the forces of darkness. We light out in the public domain. We light lemat Miyud, on the 10 tvochem, to which Chazal tells us that the Shechina never goes below, below 10 Tzvachim. The entire message of Hanukkah is someone is to drive home the point that no matter where we are, no matter how dark it appears, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who's standing behind that mask. When Yosef faces his most incredible challenge... It says, that his father's image appeared to him. And the great Maggid was known to have said on the Apostol V'tis, that he ran outside, he left, that Yosef tzaddik understood that in all of her temptations and all the appearances of love and pleasure, that there had to be something there that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was trying to convey to him from which he could grow and from which he could learn. So he saw Mara Oviv, his father's, mida was the Tiferus, was the splendor of Yaakov Avino. He looked and he saw in a window, he saw that there was a, a crack there that allowed him to see that even in this darkest situation, when he was abandoned by his family, he's abandoned by his master, he's convicted, he's, con- he's, he's accused of the worst things, and he had every reason to want to despair he saw in a crack, in a chaloy, he saw that this is an opportunity for him to um, learn the attribute of ahab of loving HaKadosh and he left big doi etzla, he took the, the garment, meaning the expression, the manifestation that it appeared, he left that with her, and he took it and ran outside. I would like to suggest that this mida of Chlal Yisrael's ability to live this perspective of Yosef HaTzadik is the mida of koi, of so it, so it is, meaning that for a true mammon, for a person who's really a believer, for a person who really has their head on straight, koi means it is the same when HaKadosh Baruch Hu conducts himself in the bright sun, or chas v'sholom fakert, It's in the darkness. Koi means it's 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 just like this is this is what we have the ability. This is the power of Klal Yisrael that Yosef Atad the Gan gave us the ability to acquire, and that's what Avram Avinu in um, by the the Bris. When, when Hashem promises him children, so Avroma B. Hashem says, he takes him outside, and he says to him, look at the heavens and see the stars, and he says, koy this contrast of the stars against the dark sky, so will be your children, meaning, will be the stars that illuminate the darkness with their trust in HaKadosh Baruchu, this midah of koi, of so shall it be, that's the attribute. That's the power of Kla Yisrael. The Shvatim, when it comes to Yosef, and this cannot be by, by error. So when Yosef shares these dreams with his brothers, then it comes a time when his father says to him, um, I want you to go check on your brothers. And Yosef, it's that it goes out. Listen to these words. He says, the brothers see him coming, and they say, here comes this dreamer. Let, we're going to take him, we we'll throw him into one, we're going to kill him, throw him into one of the pits. And we'll say that a um, wild, a wild animal killed him. Reuven hears this. And Reuben saves him. Listen to the words. Ruben says to the brothers, Do not spill his blood. Rather throw him into one of the pits that's in the desert. Don't send forth your hand against him. To save him from their hands. To return him to his. He said already, Don't kill him. What's this next statement? The Yad Al Tish Perhaps the message is as follows: As we just learned from the Kol the point of Yosef's Yad, Yosef's the single hand, right, is the message there is that there's only one conduct from coming from Hashem. Generally, we experience two different conducts, right? There's a Yad Yemin and a Yad Smile.
1: There's a right hand
0: and a left hand. We experience kindness, which is the right. We experience harshness or pain. That's at the left. Yosef Tzaddik had but one hand, meaning no matter what happened, Yosef understood that it all has to be good. The Shifteka, needed to learn this lesson from Yosef, which ultimately they did. That was, that was what they came and ate with him, and, and, uh, and they experienced this Batsarayim. They experienced this brightness, this even in the darkness. Ruvayim, understanding the essence of Yosef, had the insight of what his brother was all about. And therefore, he says to his brothers, we're not going to kill him. And don't send forth your observation, your understanding of the fact that there is another hand. Don't send that to him. Because he wanted to save Yosef from their perspective of Yodom, of their plural hands. Yosef went forth with this, concept that there is only one conduct from a Baruch Hu. it's all it's all the Yad Yamin, it's all Shema Yisrael, Hashem Kenu, Hashem Echod, it's all the, the Midas HaChesed that was the message of Yosef and Reuven didn't want Yosef to be tainted by any other view which might result from the fact that the brothers were doing something to him, and that's the, as the Kalaria said, that's the Rosa the Krishna. that's what the Zoya is telling us that that's why we place our hand over our eyes, and as we discussed last week, from the Amida um, Torah, that a hand is made up of five fingers, the goydel, the etzba, the omo, the kamitza, and the zeris, and when you add the gematria of them, and you add yad, they equal exactly, Shema Yisrael Hashem M'lekenu Hashem The essence of Shema, the statement of faith, is Shema Yisrael Hashem M'lekenu Hashem So, that point was driven home was the the manifest of Yosef HaTzadik and that same idea comes the Gemara and tells us that that's why we place the Menorah on the left side because the message of Hanukkah is the same concept meaning as follows i remember i shared with you that the the Maral asks by Pesach, why do we celebrate the Yantip of a Pesach for our exodus from Egypt? We ought to say, Do me a favor, Rabbi don't take me down to Mitzrayim and don't take me out of Mitzrayim. Right? The Nemach Nemach Why do we need to have a Yantip celebrating our exodus? Don't take us down there in the first place. Says the Marao, we're forced to believe, therefore, that not only do we celebrate the exodus from Egypt, but we celebrate the exile of Egypt there had to be an inherent purpose of being in Egypt. I believe that that's what the Gemara is asking my Hanukkah, meaning as follows. We need to have a perspective as what is it that is changed. If we come back after the miracle of Hanukkah and we're the same as we were beforehand, then the miracle of Hanukkah did not accomplish anything because yeah, it was another miracle. We, the Jews are, are you know, we're, we're regularly um, experiencing numerous miracles, natural miracles, supernatural miracles, but that doesn't call for a yuntif. What the Gemara is asking by saying my Hanukkah is, what is the ultimate net gain that requires us to have a yontif for this? The fact that candles burned for an extra day, the fact that there was an incredible victory over the Greeks that a handful of people were able to um, uh, battle against the, a huge army, that's not enough of a reason to create a yontif. Because if we're the same people afterwards, then that's not, the, that's not reason to declare a yontif. Reason to declare a yontif is, as the Gemara concludes, that l'shana acheres, they didn't declare a yontif right away. They waited a year. The next year they established it as Yom Tovim, because they saw that Kalei Yisrael's essence had changed. The word haida means to praise. The word haida also means to admit. And you'll notice that both in Alanissim and in Haneris Halolu, we speak about Halal and haida. The first step to being able to thank HaKadosh Baruch for anything is the concept of Haida. Is the, is the ability that a Jew has to be moider or mishabeach, to acquiesce, to acknowledge that Hashem knows better than us, that even what we thought was terrible ultimately turns out to be for the good. When the, the sages of that generation saw Kuali newfound ability in Halal and Haidah, that they had raised themselves to a place that was greater than when they entered the entire episode. That's when they established it as a yantif. And therefore, the mezuzah is on the right, and the nerchanaka is on the smile, and the shiltis has a girsa, and a, the, the uh, balabayas sits in between them with his talis on. And everybody asks, wait a minute, talis mitziyotis, it's nighttime, there's no mitzvah to wear a talis. But the point of tzitzis is to, as the the postage says, is not to be tricked by our eyes. Don't follow what your eyes, the eyes look out and see terrible things. That's not how a a Jew's perspective is. Don't stray after your eyes. So what do we do when we make the statement of Krishna? We cover our eyes so that we're not deluded by that which the eye sees on the surface. There we cover our eyes and we make the statement, "Shema Yisrael, Shema Shema And that's the statement of Yosef. And that's why, if you look in Alanisim, when we talk about the miracles, we talk about the fact that there was Rabbin Biyad Miatim and Temein Biyad Tahirim and Rishoyim Biyad Sadikim. Vizade Biyad Es Kesar It all comes together with the Yad it all comes together with the fact that the, the Yad that represents that represents the power of Yosef, that represents as the numerical value of all those things, are, the ability of the hand to cover the eyes so that we don't fall prey to the um, shallow um, message that our eyes are led to believe that's not... That's not the perspective of the Jews. Somebody points out that that's why we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem listen, not see, don't look, don't look, because looks are deceiving. But listen to the mesora of Klai, so listen to the mesora of, of Shema Yisrael, Shema Hashem, lekenu Hashem lekenu. listen to the, the message of the Koi, of those 25 letters that declare the, the faith of Klai Yisrael. So the pasuk there says, if you look a little bit later, it says that the, the he gave over. It's also very clear the yad the yad Yosef when it comes to the um, his master. So several times, it's it's, it's very fascinating that um, first he comes into Petipa, right? Petipa Srispari requires him. Parsha Parsha Lamed tes. Um, and Hashem was with Yosef, and he was a successful person, and he was in the home of his master, the Mitzri. His master saw that Hashem was with him. And everything that Yosef did, Hashem matzliach Not B'yodov. Hashem brought success in Yosef's hand. This perspective led him to the next posting, Everything his master had, he put into this hand. Everything he wanted to bring success, the only way to have success in life is to place it into Yosef's hand. And that's what we, that's what our aim is. If we want the mezuzah to be beamin, if we want our mezuzah to be successful, as as the B'farshim tell us, that the purpose of the mezuzah is that on the way in and on the way out, that we have the perspective of understanding that HaKadosh Baruch is the one that makes everything happen and it all is Shema Yisrael Hashem, Hashem Achod, that we need to take the Menorah and put it bismayl, so that we can be the person in between those two that's, that's inculcating and digesting and, and making part of ourselves the, the message of Shema Yisrael Hashem, Hashem Achod. that's the, the Yad Yosef becomes the, the battle cry it occurred to me this morning as I was davening that we say in this, this critical postul, mm-hmm. we say that Hashem opens his hand and he satisfies every desiring being. Well, the tefillah, the recognition is that we're asking Hashem to open that hand for us to be able to see openly the chaz de Hashem, to see the open kindnesses of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then it must and that will um, that will satisfy every person. That's the, the ultimate satisfaction comes when a person can experience and see the kindnesses, not just in retrospect, but to be able to see it even um, looking even looking forward. So, the um, the second connection between the life of Yosef Atzadik and the nisim of Hanukkah is to answer the Gemara's question of my Chanukah. Why do we, what was different about us? What is, what, what can we experience differently as a result of the miracle of Chanukah, as the result of placing our minervas in the darkness and for us to be able to see the light? What's, what's the message that can change us? And the message that can change us is the Yad Yosef. That's the, the declaration of no matter how dark it appears, externally, that the statement of faith, of Kalal that it all has to be for the good. And ultimately, that faith will transform it into being good. And uh, when, as we light our menuris, we recognize that it's designed for us to be able to excel and to climb ever higher in a halal for us to be able to experience greater kindness and, and, through our belief, even as it's going on, for us to be able to have the amuna that participants to be able to have the amuna of understanding of kama the the no matter what it is that's happening, that we should be able to come to understanding this brightness bitsarayam that we can see it in Open Chazdei Hashem that doesn't require necessarily Amuna, but that we can see it as the Chazdei Hashem that it truly is. And as we're mispado, that the Rebbeim shouldn't test us by uh, needing Amuna. My my grandfather used to say over from his Rebbe, from Meir Shapiro, that um, Friday night we say, "Maydani the Hashem the Thank you, Hashem. I'll call a chesed for all of the kindnesses that you've done for me in the past. But I ask you, Rabbi Usid going forward, looking into the future for the things that you're going to do for me in the future, it should be that everybody should be able to openly see, even my little children should be able to openly see that it was all chesed, that it shouldn't require any Amuna. And we look forward that the Ga'ula of, of Hanukkah, which is a hisnitzutus, it's a it's a uh, a small vision of the of the time to come that um, all of our little lights should combine into the revelation of the great light of the geula Shalema that we should be able to experience together, um, imir Hashem,